Today's scripture reading from the Gospel of John is part of what is called the farewell discourse. It's part of John's account of what happened after the Lord's Supper, but before Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas had departed to carry out his plans, and Jesus is talking to the eleven. Over and over, Jesus had told them about what's going to happen to him, and it seems, it seems to be seeking in some. He had told them, uh, I'm lift, I am with you for a little while longer. Where I am going, you can't come. That is, of course, he was going to the cross. Then he gave them a new commandment saying, I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. So you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples, that you love each other. Now you might think that they'd have some questions. They might ask for some elaboration, seek some helpful tips on how to do all this loving, especially especially when it came to loving some folks who folks who don't agree with us or are generally disagreeable or who judge and criticize us or who disrespect and insult us, who have different morals and views than us. But no, Simon Peter asked Jesus, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus tells Peter he can't go there. And when Peter asks, why not? Peter swears, I'm ready to die for you, Lord. And that's when Je Jesus tells Peter, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. And then, then we come to today's reading where the disciples ask questions not having to do what's gonna, with, with Jesus, what's going to happen to you, but what's going to happen to us. Listen now for God's word in the first 14 verses of the Gospel of John. Let us pray. By the breath of your spirit, inspire us so that as we listen for your word, we may be filled with new understanding and fresh desire to praise you in everything we do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. My Father's house has room to spare. If that weren't the case, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare, prepare a place for you? When I go to prepare a place for you, I will return and take you to be with me so that where I am, you will be too. You know the way to the place I'm going. Thomas asked, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have really known me, you will also know the Father. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. Jesus replied, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been with you all this time? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. 
How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I have spoken to you, I don't speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me does his works. Trust me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on account of the works themselves. I assure you that whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. They will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask for in my name so that the Father can be glorified in the Son. When you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sarah. O oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. How can we know the way? Well, usually, but not always, when you want to go somewhere, you need to know where your starting point is, where your destination is, and the best way to get from here to there. Once I took a, a Greyhound bus from Raleigh to Wilmington, North Carolina. I should have known this might not go well when I noticed that my bus was marked Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so I did what I usually would do. I told the driver, I held up my ticket that said Wilmington, and I said, I'm going to Wilmington. And usually when I go to Wilmington, North Carolina, I don't start off headed to Dallas, Texas. <laughs> but he tried to assure me, don't worry, you're going to change buses in Fayetteville. <laughs> Why well, didn't you should go to Fayetteville on the way to Wilmington either? But So in the next five or six hours <laughs> of stopping at every crossroads along the North Carolina, South Carolina line, I had the time to ponder a definition the definition of adventure that says an adventure is a trip or journey on which at least once you wish you weren't on it. <laughs> well, eventually I did get to Wilmington, resolved from then on to take trailways, which got me in a reasonable amount of time after a stopping done. <laughs> well, another day, another day, closer to home, I had a ride from Raleigh to Smithfield. I was surprised when we came down Wade Avenue and got to Capitol Boulevard. I was surprised because the driver, instead of taking a right, he took a left headed north where the signs say Wake Forest, Henderson. They don't say Smithfield. <laughs> so I said to a fellow y'all met, Ted, <laughs> Ted, you, you know, I, I take this trip a lot. And we usually go right on Capitol Board, get on 40 and cruise on down to 210 East and ride on into Smithfield that way. He wasn't worried. He said, oh, oh, oh I looked it up on the computer. I've got printed directions. <laughs> <laughs> and then we headed towards Rocky Mount on 64. <laughs> 
to my amazement, we did get to Smithfield. But it's a route I have never been able to duplicate. I don't know how we did it. And I have looked it up on the computer. Well, in the verses that we read from John 14, or that Sarah read for us, Jesus said, don't be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. My Father's house has room to spare. I know the old versions say it has many mansions, or other translations says has abiding places. Same thing. Room to spare. If that weren't the case, what I've told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. When I go and prepare a place for you, I'll return and take you to be with me so that where I am, you will be too. You know the way. And then you remember Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Well, old Thomas was a, he was a practical fellow. He figured that to know the way, you just had to know where you were and what your destination was. Perhaps you've heard that clever saying about the danger of not, not planning. If you don't know where you're going, you'll probably end up somewhere else. <laughs> but Jesus is telling Thomas and us that we don't really need all the details about where we're going as long as we have faith that he has prepared a place for us and that he will be with us both on life's journey and in our journey and the life to come. Well, since we have a 35th anniversary coming up at the end of the month, we've thought a lot about things that happened way back. And I said, you know, when we, we got married and began that journey, we didn't know exactly. We had no idea we'd be in Berea on a Sunday morning. <laughs> there are a lot of other little surprises along the way, but we knew who we were journeying with, that we want to do that journey together. And that's what Jesus invites us to do, to journey with him. There's a Presbyterian preacher who's famous named Fred Kravick. At least he's famous among preachers. He's written that Jesus' departure, leaving behind a group of followers to continue faithfully in an indifferent and sometimes hostile world. This was the first major crisis of the church. But Craddock says Jesus equipped those early followers and us with three promises. First, the promise of an abiding place with God. You don't have to worry about where you're going because you know who you're going to be with. Second, the promise of a sure and clear way to God that is by way of Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And third, the promise of a power not only to sustain that community of believers and us to keep us going in the face of adversity, but in he actually says to enable even greater works, even greater works, to extend the work that Jesus did. Now, maybe a particular phrase caught your attention along the way there, made you perk up and wonder, hey, what's this about? When we read that Jesus said, I assure you that whatever, whoever believes in me will do the works I do and even greater works, and I'll do whatever you ask of in my name, that the Father may be glorified. So don't go thinking, ooh, that's a blank check. 
I can pray for anything, and it says I'll get it. Because he didn't just say anything. He said anything in my name. That in my name is not just a prescription or a formula for how to end a prayer. I had a particularly self-righteous co-worker who used to tell me, you, you should end every prayer saying that every time. Well, that's not really what it tells us. It says we're to pray in Jesus' spirit. It's an indication that what we're to pray for is not to come from our selfish motives. Oh, Lord, help my team win this game. Forget those other guys. Let me win and others lose. That's that, that, not that kind of selfish thing. But requests that grow out of our relationship with Jesus and with the people of God, the church. You see, the you, anything you ask, and that in the Greek original, the you isn't singular, it's plural. It's not a matter of what I ask, it's a matter of what we, the church, ask. Now Jesus did not just make promises and issue some commands, he connected them. With the promise that he will be with us is a commission for us to share the good news and to live as his loving disciples. And with the command to love one another is the promise he's going to empower us to love others. It's something we can't do on our own. There are people that make themselves particularly hard to love sometimes, and sometimes those people include us. We can only do that together, and we can only do that when we're in right relationship with Christ and with the people of God, with God's children. It can only be done with the help of Almighty God, our Creator and Savior and friend. One of the letters in the Bible sums it up this way in 1 John. Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God and everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. This is how the love of God is revealed to us. God has sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. This is love. It is not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son as the sacrifice that deals with our sin. <coughs> Dear friends, if God loved us this way, we ought also ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God remains in us and his love is made perfect, that is, complete in us. So do you remember the question of old Thomas, sometimes called Didymus, the twin? You remember the question Thomas asked? How do we know the way? Well, the answer is what the disciples heard then and what we hear now from Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Thanks be to God. Go forth to serve in the name of our risen Lord. May Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life be with you. May the Holy Spirit empower you to serve in Christ's name, and may God, who raised Christ from the dead, keep you in the palm of his hand today and forevermore. Amen.